everybody and welcome back to the front porch. I am here with two very special, very special boys. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Kevin, creative director, and I'm here with Special Donnie. boy number one. Video, video special boy number two. <laughs> special boy number three, actually. <laughs> um, guys... We're here to talk about frame rates today. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I know all of us have very varying degrees of knowledge on that topic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but probably very... strong opinions. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a strong opinionated uh, discussion. Yeah. for some people, I've brought brass knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> also, for people who don't care, buckle up because uh, this is going to be a very technical one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We're going to get in the weeds a little bit, but, but... before before we jump into the creek and flow down the river of knowledge um what have you guys been watching um i've been watching andor oh, on disney plus good for you oh yeah. yeah um i only like seven episodes in i believe there's, there's quite a few actually i can't Is remember really yeah there's it's it was like, like six. nine or something like that yeah it's okay. like it's unlike a lot of the disney plus series that are like six episodes like especially all the marvel ones um i believe it's like nine Mm -hmm. might be a little bit more than that but um really good so far it doesn't feel like a star wars story which is i think why i'm like kind of digging it a little bit you know that a little bit of kind of star wars fatigue that's probably going on with everyone with everything that's coming out and i've heard wonderful things about andor and i'm just like i don't care anymore you should check it out it's it's a heist movie it's a i mean they're all like hour-long episodes so it feels like Mm -hmm. a separate movie every time but like there's like heist going on there's um you know running from the law kind of thing it's a more um grounded approach like i have not seen a single jedi or sith in this (laughs) this series yeah Yeah. cool (laughs) yeah cool it's just some guy running away from uh the empire Pretty much. Nice. Great. Mm-hmm. I like it. All right. Kevin and I have ours in common. Yeah. Do you want to tell him or should I? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him and then you, you can expand upon the experience. Yeah. Because uh, Cherish, your girlfriend, mm-hmm. is there with us too. Mm-hmm. We saw Skinamarink in theaters. Boy, did we. Kyle Edward Ball's baby. Yeah. Um, Kyle Edward Ball is a horror filmmaker very very not well known Mm -hmm. um he started out making short horror films on youtube based around people's nightmares that they had so people would send him a nightmare that they had and then he may or may not make a film based around what he was sent youtube creepypasta style movie feature the feature film (laughs) yes yes so this very limited budget yeah, fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. Um, made one point seven million in the box office. Yeah. Um, so very worth it. Um, liminal, liminal space. The movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which I. Which yeah. He he fit everything that's coming together almost. I I don't know. Like every every it's very internet movie, trendy wise, but yet not at all. Right. I don't know. It fits this like really niche thing, I think. So I think most audience will be, it's, I would say it's polarizing, maybe. Yes. We loved it. I'm glad that you were there. My girlfriend did not quite love it. 
Um, and I, I very, get, very, very experimental. I you know? get why she didn't like. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, for both of us, I think just the experience was outstanding. It's a. I was a little hesitant going in because I expected. I'm like, okay, this seems like we, like we. You showed me the trailer. I'm like, cool. I could do that for an hour and twenty minutes, maybe. I hope it's not longer than that. It's like an hour and forty five. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be. This might be a little rough. And we both got we got done with it. We looked at each other like that's the shortest film we've ever we've ever seen. Yeah, it just went by so quick. Um, but yet you're kind of holding your breath the entire time. If you are one to let yourself get immersed into a movie while you're watching that movie, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever experience another horror film quite like it. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of childhood nightmares that have stuck with me my entire life that I remember beat for beat like shot for shot like i can play out the entire nightmare in my head because it was so horrifying at the time and he's taken those fears the fear of your own house at night the fear of the dark the fear of your parents abandoning you the fear of your parents being not your parents into this just fever dream just (laughs) dread-filled nightmare inducing liminal roller coaster of yeah fever dreams mm-hmm. and just the unknown yeah it was a great experience yeah yeah that's 10, 10 out of 10 would recommend that's that's really all we can not, say it's, about it's also it. not for everyone <laughs> so no. as someone who doesn't typically love horror movies i don't know why this i don't know if it's the fomo that's like reaching out to me and being like you should watch this one or if it's more that it's an experimental horror film that's reaching out to me and being like, you should watch this. Do you think I should watch it? Why do you not like horror movies? I don't typically love the plot or gory stuff. Yeah, it's not that. Or jump scares. You could look. You could look at it from just <laughs> an experimental. Um, there, there are each act has its own very amazing <clears throat> jump scare. Okay, it's I, very I will well say earned. That it's very well earned. Okay, I don't and like cheap jump scares. Yeah, okay. I don't. What I no, say. I don't remember anyone. Collectively, you could feel it in the theater. Yeah, but I didn't hear anyone scream. Yeah, and it was a half full theater. It, but it I think the the reaction yeah. at the end was like, oh, like it. It's it's one that doesn't excite you; it drains mm. you. <laughs> yeah. So, and the ending of the film really subverts your expectation of like the movie. The movie's progression is measured by like these jump scares that like it just kept building and building up to okay. so then you're you anticipate that at the end of the movie it's constant and you're release like, and tension you're like wow when is it happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're holding your breath for the next one it's, okay yeah i highly recommend it all right watch right. it in the dingiest basement you possibly yeah, can watch it here yeah, that's what i was just saying so i'll just <laughs> on go a, on a downstairs. tube tv there's know, a tube tv down there, there. yeah, yeah I don't know in, if it that, works. in that weird couch go for it just gonna watch it on like the cat laptop down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the brightness turned all the way up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's all I want to say about it. I yeah. don't want to ruin that for anyone. Yeah. And I'm definitely buying it if it comes out uh, physically. Mm-hmm. I've been uh, I've been cruising through Last of Us, The Last of Us on HBO. Yeah. So nice. I just watched episode three last night which was fantastic so i don't know when this is airing but that's how far we are currently in the in the series but mm-hmm. i'm yeah, excited for it. you to watch it um as someone who is i mean played the game 
when it came out and played part two when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited for you to experience the story because the story itself is one of the best stories that I think was told in the decade of the 2010s. Yep. Yep. I, uh, my girlfriend is a huge fan mm-hmm. of that. Um, she's always told me how good it is. I'm not a big gamer, so I just never, never went into it. Um, but now with this coming out, she's, she's always had me kind of in the dark about the series. Hasn't told me a whole lot other mm-hmm. than just, it's really, really good. So she's kind of watching me experience it too. And then at the end of the episode, it's like, Oh yeah, this is different. This is, but loving it so far. Yeah. And she is too. So a lot of emotional beats. In that one. Yeah. <laughs> One of the yeah. most draining Last games. night hurt a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, that's all. That's all great. Yeah. Frame rate time? It's frame rate time. Time to nerd out. Yeah. We're going to nerd out a little bit. <laughs> we're going to jump into history. Yeah. We're going to talk about progression. And we're going to talk about modern day. All right. And what that's led up to. So, who could tell me? What the persistence of vision theory is. Don't look at my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can. That's okay. All right. Okay. So this is, I remember this day one in film school, I think. So persistence of vision theory is essentially what, when you're watching a film in any format or any delivery, you, a video file is essentially built from stills. Cameras take stills. Typically, that's what we're talking about with frame rates. 24 frames a second is kind of standard for film. Um, So that's what you're seeing. And they're flashing so quickly as a viewer that your brain interprets them as fluid motion. Essentially, think of like a flip book. Yeah, or a zoetrope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just flipping through it. It's just a bunch of pictures that's just going real fast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Cam- the, the- <laughs> cameras don't record every atom. Yeah. <laughs> every nanometer that you move. So historically that was kind of happened on accidentally with mm-hmm. you know Edward Moybridge uh with with the infinite the infamous horse bet to see how a horse uh really runs its stride and to see it was it was based off a of bet. They put a bunch of photos together, and they basically got the first movie. Mm. So that's really how, I mean, we're talking frame rates, but we're talking how movies were initially created in a way, too. Um, and if you've seen Nope, they bring that up in Nope. Yeah, yep, so yeah, the very beginning. add a whole bit of context there. Mm-hmm. So for you know the silent era and everything, the first few decades of film, cameras didn't have motors. They weren't powered. So you had to hand crank them, <laughs> and they that resulted in a, a variation of different speeds depending on the camera and the operator and all of that stuff. Uh, I just I'm reading a book right now on Buster Keaton, and he did a, a sketch for one of his films. I think it was Playhouse, and he <clears throat> he's in one shot nine times mm-hmm. as different members of this like uh, this band or whatever. And it's all in one shot. So he had to mat himself out. That's the, you know, the editing process. Yep. But basically they all react off each other. And so they all have to be in sync. But at the time you had hand crank. <laughs> so the operator had to like do the exact same motion nine times. 
Um, and the effect is awesome. But when they uh, introduced, you know, motors to cameras, they had to come up with a standard for what frame rate they wanted. And mm-hmm. typically 18 to 20 is usually where that persistence of vision threshold kind of is. So anything above that, you're, you're pretty good. They picked 24. Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons why they picked 24. Part yeah. of it is later for displays because of power grids, actually. <laughs> so if you go to the UK, they're on a different system because yep. their power grid is, is, is different. Yeah, different. Uh, different hertz, hertz and yeah. frequencies and whatnot. Yep. Yep. But but for back then they 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 settled on twenty four, um, as this kind of film industry standard and in look because it was divisible by so many numbers. It's divisible by two and four and three and six and twelve and eight, mm-hmm. and so it's easier to I guess like cut, <laughs> you know, me- mentally there there is some math in in film once in a while, so using those uh, easily divisible numbers has was helpful at the time. So that's really been the standard for the most part for the last 100 years now mm-hmm. is 24 frames per second. So that's what we're kind of getting into now with, with this with, with frame rates um, because now the technology given to us has been uh, to achieve higher frame rates. Yep. Yes. For a lot of different reasons. Yes. We shoot higher frame rates sometimes for slow motion. Mm-hmm. So that's where the term undercranking <clears throat> and overcranking comes from too. It's just the, the standard overcranking and undercranking. So slow and fast. Yep. So there's your there's your history lesson. Kevin, I could not have explained that any better. Oh, good. <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> that yep. was part of the reason why I didn't even want to attempt to do it because I was going to be like, oh, you know, your eyes and everything. <laughs> yeah. And then Kevin's like, ah, let me just... <laughs> I had, I, had a, I had a really great film history teacher. Shout out, shout out to Phil Warfel. I was going to say you had Phil Warfel. Yeah, the best. So wish I had him. Yeah. Also, didn't take film history. So oh, me either. I, I was <laughs> that was my favorite. I was one of three people in my acting class. Oh, uh, yeah. Nice. And they were like, "I guess you won't take this." And I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, "Okay, that you seems kind of both. important." But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you if you look at like European television a lot of it's 30 frames yeah the bbc look you yeah. know because they shoot what is it 50 hertz uh yeah, a lot yeah. Of the cameras so 20, they do 25 they do frames, 25 frames. Yeah. um a lot of american tv is 30 frames too mm-hmm. yes actually the the american broadcast standard is 30 frames yeah. like yeah. all your news stations all of most tv shows are even why did i put the tv show Shows. TV shows. TV shows are. <laughs> we'll brush over that. Yeah. Well. Which which has largely changed over the past fifteen years now, mm-hmm. with digital broadcasts and stuff like that. I mean, really, it was that integrated look for a yeah. long time because that's how the tech was. We we're limited by that for for television. Um, most a lot of TV shows, unless they're going for that sitcom look, will do twenty four now. Yeah, yeah. Because now, TV, like, TV TV's always been like this industry redheaded stepchild a little bit, where it's like, no, you you they've been treated as different mediums. Yep. But TV for so long has been trying to break into that more cinematic look, like like really around the era of like Breaking Bad. Yeah, that yeah. was where Breaking really... Bad is not a TV show. It, it is full on like a film. Yeah. Basically. And I feel so, like it's taken off even more since like streaming services have taken over yeah, and oh, just yeah. become more popular. Yep. You know? Yep. Because everyone can that, take that, that old HBO look that, that, that yeah. sitcom look is is dead unless you're trying to emulate 
it for a which reason. even modern sitcoms don't do that no. anymore. Nope. I haven't watched no. the reboot of uh, that '70s show, that '90s show, but right, Bane's just started watching that. Has he? Okay. Yeah. So I wonder. I wonder if they took that approach. If they are recording thirty or twenty-four, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But there. Yeah. So that yeah, that's kind of the history in the the now. I don't know. There's, 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 I mean, there's a future. There's, there's things. There's other things happening now. Too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of TVs have motion smoothing. Oh, on them. oh no. and if you ever go to your parents' house for Thanksgiving, take and over Christmas, their TV, and you're wondering Hijack why it. it looks like that, it is probably because that is turned on. They got Big Bang yep. Theory in the background, and they're like, Ooh. yeah, and you're like, you're like he, two. He things. doesn't need to be this. Don't way. watch that. Also. <laughs> Because if I if I'm not mistaken, it's like just some AI, like yeah yeah it is. It's like frame. It's to add more frames. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it gets like rid of motion blur, optical yep. smoothing, and like. But the editing. whole the whole look of film is to have that blur, mm-hmm. that cinematic that look, cinematic look where your your shutter's at one eighty, and so you get that correct amount of motion blur. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it looks odd. My sometimes friend. it can be used for different purposes. I know for like. Yeah. Spielberg did it for um, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. A lot of the battle stuff, and especially the beach scene on Normandy, he shot at a different shutter mm-hmm. to give it kind of a hyper-real, jagged kind of feeling and look. Yeah, should we talk on the how shutter affects frame rate real quick? Yeah, we, can yeah, t- we should. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's this thing that we use in film called the 180-degree rule, which is essentially your shutter speed has to be a certain value that's like, I mean, how it looks on your camera viewfinder is like double almost what your frame rate currently is. So if you're at 24, you want to be at 48 or 50, somewhere close by there. If you're at 30, you want to be at 60, 60, 120, that kind of thing. Um, And that's to preserve like motion blur, like what you're probably seeing right now because we're following the 180 degree rule. The higher your shutter speed is, the more that motion is going to disappear, which is why you see like slow-mo things where it's like, Say like a drop of water, and you don't see that blur happening at all because it's a super, super high shutter speed, and then it hits the water. Mm-hmm. And shutter, I don't know if I need to explain this. Shutter speed is just, if you shoot one over 48 to account for 24 frames, your shutter is open for 48th of a second Yep. to let light in, and then it closes. Yep. Because going back to what I was saying, it, um, you, and it, a video is made up of stills mm-hmm. so it's yep. it's that camera capturing that one still yep. yep that one still image yep fun fact but yeah that's why scenes like the saving private ryan beach scene are shot at you know mm-hmm. a higher one especially when yeah you're moving yeah like your cameraman's yeah. running yeah you know you notice things and you might not know what it is but it looks awkward mm-hmm. kind of like most people they they turn on tv during the day and they see a soap opera Yep. And it's just like, this just looks bad. And they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of different things, but a lot of it is the format. Oh, yeah. Um, but Yeah. But because we are pushing now the boundaries of how far can we go with frame rate. Yeah, because of the introduction of digital cinematography. Yeah. Really. Yep, real, yeah. Um, I think we should explore kind of like the history of like high frame rates and like how that has evolved in movies. Yeah. Because one of the first mainstream movies mm-hmm. shot on a higher frame rate in like the digital age, digital, 
mm-hmm. more like tape and <laughs> like camcorder age mm-hmm. was Blair Witch Project. Yeah. That mm-hmm. movie shot at 30 frames because of the cameras, that, mm-hmm. the high eight cameras that they shot that on. Yep. Yeah. I wonder if those ones even did 24. I don't think they had the capability no, to. Because they were, they were more made for, I mean, not for broadcast, for, but for, for like video. For, right. vi- for video, yeah. just like exclusively just like running around with like a little handy cam type thing yeah which i mean gave them that home movie look which i think they were kind of going for a little bit too right yeah so. yeah i mean some people when they saw that, that i mean and they marketed it towards that way and yeah they made it look exactly like it you you were under the impression that this was a home movie oh yeah the know? entire yeah, time I, it worked <laughs> it, it worked yeah. <laughs> needless to say it worked yeah it looked like, great it was like one guy in the woods like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and oddly enough that production was pretty much just three people running around I mean, in the woods for a couple weeks yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they were lost and scared yeah. <laughs> it was a weird production because the producers would just leave them like little um dead drops yeah and they were like the, the map they had was like an actual map that they were following to get to these dead drops mm-hmm. um yeah. and they would leave them like food and like director's instructions from seeing the high eight tapes that they would give them and say bizarre I mean, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's, yeah. Crazy, it's nuts. Crazy production. Um, but jumping ahead pretty far, I think the next notable movie that had a pretty that shot thirty frames was a Paranormal Activity because mm-hmm. it had that home security it's, it's footage. Same. Look. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, so both both instances really are an aesthetic choice. Yeah. Yes, in an artistic choice. Yes, um, to achieve the same ideal of the current tech mm-hmm. I guess. yeah yeah i mean it's just essentially i mean this is one of the first things that i i learned in school was like here are the rules the way you can achieve artistic effect is by breaking these rules mm-hmm. in a way that can create the effect that you're looking for which is what they were doing yeah um entirely yeah so then <laughs> <laughs> can i guess because yes the next one? Yeah. The Hobbit? Yes. Did yeah. you look at his notes yeah. ahead? No, I didn't. Okay. No. But this this the Hobbit came out when I was first in in school at Compass. Yeah. It, man, mm-hmm. I don't even and so, remember where I so was. So we we were talking about it before it came out because it was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Because Peter Jackson, this pretty established filmmaker, was like, I'm going to shoot he wanted to shoot three D for the mm-hmm. Hobbit. Yeah. He wanted to display it in three D. And he felt that 3D had a long way to go in making sure that it looked realistic in getting rid of some of that motion blur. Yep. Because when you do that with 3D, you know, you probably have this experience where you get a little kind of woozy, a little sick, you know, some people, especially older 3D. Yeah. Um, And so his idea was to cut out that motion blur to introduce a higher frame rate. So they shot at 48 frames a second. I think they shot it in 5K on the... One of the reds at the time. It was, the a, it was a dual red epic rig. Yeah. And I think they had 25 different camera rigs. So they had 50 different cameras shooting double the frame rate and 5K. They ended up shooting three petabytes. That, which the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, they shot millions of feet of film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, it was nothing new to Peter Jackson to do that. Yeah. But there, that's when the, that, that's when kind of the debate became was a, a was a rising of mm-hmm. okay well we have this tech now before it was used you know the the other examples oddly enough both horror movies kind of breaking those those generic rules for so long 
But now you had this debate around, we have the tech now. Is it, is it viable? Is this what people are after? Am I, you know, it's kind of that next stage where I think some directors are always looking for, okay, what else can I do in film? Like George Lucas or sometimes Spielberg or um, James Cameron and Peter Jackson. Yeah. I think they're kind of like, okay, what's the next frontier of film look like? Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of maybe its merits, <laughs> <laughs> I think. But I, so I remember this debate happening back then. Yeah. Yep. So in, in no one looks back at the Hobbit trilogy really maybe is aware of the fact that it was shot that way. But it certainly didn't make it a better movie. <laughs> no. In any cases. But anything else with the Hobbit? Um, well, I guess like some camera technical stuff I think you would find interesting. What's that? What do you what shutter speed do you think they shot it at if they were shooting at forty eight frames? Well, okay, so Kevin did mention they wanted to reduce motion blur, so they're probably breaking that hundred eighty degree rule. They shot at one over sixty four. Mm. Had a 270 so degree shutter to oh. split that difference. Okay. So oh, so one camera was. Oh, I'm understanding. And because not only did they lose two thirds of a stop of exposure from that, yep. they also lose another stop because they're shooting with the mirrors to get uh-huh. the 3D. Right. That hurts my brain a little bit. So instead of the the Reds ISO being rated at 800, it's rated right. at 250. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> And they went through all of that, and the movies still look like that. <laughs> all right. Works. <laughs> Interesting. A fun fact. Wow. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that isn't they that shit like that? Isn't that nuts? That is weird. But I mean, I get what he was trying to achieve. This sounds like something that I would like harebrain come up with, and then I would be like, I didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! <laughs> but yeah, because did you bring up they're trying to reduce the motion blur to help with three D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that 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 trilogy is just I've never a weird. Even, case. I've, never, I've never even finished it. I watched through it all. Um, I've never rewatched any of them, <laughs> so I guess I guess I can't really go back and look. But I, I watched all of them in theaters. I didn't watch them in three D though. I didn't watch Sorry, it. Peter. No, yeah, most didn't. most people didn't. I think at the time, if you wanted to watch it in the intended format, you there was only one place in Michigan you could do it. It was at the Henry Ford Museum. They have really an, they have like a true IMAX uh, system there. Huh. There was a there was a guy who wrote an article. Um, I don't remember who it was for. I'll find it and link it. But he was like, I saw The Hobbit, the first one, in its intended format. Hmm. And in just like some 24 frame, mm-hmm. like downscale of it. And he said, everyone's reaction to the 24 frame was so different from the 3D. Fair. Like, cause. So did he like? He loved the 24 frame really? projection of it. He hated the 3D yeah. high frame rate. Most projection. people, I remember it coming out, most people who did see it that way were like, it's like you're on set. Yeah, he's it, like it takes the whole it takes the magic of filmmaking away. That's exactly oh. what he said. Yeah, yeah, it kind of like takes that veil. Yeah, yeah, it just, like, it just it looks like a like a TV show. It looks like a like you're on 
set. Like I, your parents have motion smoothing. Like when TV. your parents have motion smoothing, <laughs> Dave and Sharon cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> My mom watches this podcast sometimes. Oh, oh. hi, Kevin's mom. Hey, hey, hey Kevin's mom. Hey, Kevin's mom. <laughs> so we're looking for sponsors. <laughs> Sponsor your boy. Sponsor your son, please. So, you wouldn't think we could get more crazy than the oh, Dolored epics. It gets, it gets crazy. The, the, with the, yeah. weird math happening to make that work. Enter Angley. And then enter Angley. <laughs> it's us. Kevin, you are more familiar with him than I am. Okay, so he did... He shot Billy Lynn's yeah, long halftime. Billy Lynn's... I think that was his first forte into high frame rates. Yep. It, was mm-hmm. that at 120 that or was, was that at 60? Okay. So I've never seen it. I've looked up, I think on YouTube, they have trailers in the 60 frames a second. Um, He went full out and said, this is how I'm going to do it now. 120, here we go. It's going to look real. And it does. looks too real. Um, I read an article about how the lead actor at the time, because of how realistic it looks because of the high frame rates, they couldn't use makeup on him. Really? So he had to do this weird diet for like two weeks and before, before the production and all during the production mm-hmm. to give his face like the facial structure that they wanted, uh, the complexion or something. That's nuts. Because, they, <laughs> because you could see makeup on, on his face, basically. I believe it. Yeah, you yeah. can see, like, the yeah. blotches from Yeah, whatever. which if you watch, like, old silent movies, you can kind of see that now, too, yeah. especially, like, a like a digital restoration. Yeah. But it looks a little weird, but um, that's as much as I know with that one, honestly. Um, but then he, he did it again. He tried to do it again, and I think he, he likes it, but... Is it one of those like you didn't you 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 knew you could but did you stop to think if you should exactly yeah <laughs> yeah because he shot Gemini Man mm-hmm. at 120 in 3D and he should have he should have said stuff. no to that because yeah. he intended it to be 120 frames a second displayed in 4K yep and there's no at the time there was no theater in the U S that actually supported that technology. Is there even any now? I there, don't think so. No, the only theaters I could show it were like. 14 AMC theaters that could do 2K 3D. Hmm. I think was Gemini Man 3D too. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do think it was. I remember <laughs> yeah. the trailers for that. Yeah, like check out 3D. Uh, man, I guess like, like, because when when I first kind of pitched this idea of this high frame rate, it's like to me, it's it's a bit of a gimmick. Yeah, okay, and yes. um, as well as 3D, so you're just putting gimmicks together. Yeah. And sometimes they pay out, you know. F- yeah, Avatar is the, one of the highest grossing movies because it was charging more ticket prices for yeah. the 3D. Yep. And so everyone kind of followed suit. You remember the early 2010s when everyone made a 3D movie? Oh know? yeah, yeah. Every especially every third installation at the time. I saw Up in 3D. I saw Jackass I saw- 3D. <laughs> Spy Kids 3D game oh, over. My I God. I saw that. I rented that. At home when yep. I was a kid, and it came with the glasses. Yep. Yes. And it was sweet. I was so sad when I lost those. Oh. And then they were like, that was awesome. Let's do it again. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I was still like, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird for me because I knew Taylor Lautner. Excuse me? <laughs> Did I not tell you that? No, oh, you've never sorry. told me that. 
Yeah, he lived in uh, Granville. Yeah, he's he's from the area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where like our family friends lived, and they knew him. So by proxy, I would go hang out with them, and he would be there sometimes. <laughs> and we would just hang out and like jump on the trampoline and stuff. But I, I was I was little. I don't know if I'm allowed to and, hang out with you anymore. And he was he was still like baby gymnastic boy. Baby gymnastic boy. Yeah. So it wasn't. Did he ever yeah. bite you? <laughs> Dude, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Um, weird fact about me. <laughs> Maybe I should tell more people that. Um, I've known you for like almost two years at this yeah, point. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but talking about Hobbit and Gemini Man and Billy Lynn movies that didn't work, Avatar Two. I was gonna say like critically, all those examples so far, besides the the first couple, yeah, with it, with it being an artistic look. Um, didn't do critically or critically well or no. well in the box office. No, did Hobbit not. did fine in the box office, but critically, no one cares. It didn't help that they weren't really good movies either. Right, right. There was a lot of emphasis put on this new gimmick mm-hmm. rather than the filmmaking. Yes. Well, it's kind of that you know the the give and take of where do you put your budget? Do you put your budget into like a better creative team that can put together a better story, yeah. or do you go for the one hundred twenty frames per second? 4K yeah. masterpiece. Because yeah, it, it, it costs is, money to get 50 cameras on a 3D rig shooting uh-huh. that kind of data every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. That costs money. Because, Gosh. like, I'll I'll watch any slow mo guys video. Sure. Oh ever. yeah. Because yeah. slow mo, like high frame rate, to shoot I stuff mean, like that, cool. so cool. Yeah. I mean, right? I, they can do, they can shoot at a millionth of a second right mm-hmm. now. You can get a mil or a million frames wow. per second right now to measure certain things. Yeah. And that's nuts. And that's that's useful tech for just science. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, so yeah. cool. Because they have some sort of, I know it's not like the Phantom, it's not what the slow-mo guys use. Yeah. No. We're moving but into they science have other, Yeah, we're, this is moving out of science. <laughs> no, science. They have other cameras and it relies on a completely different technology than, uh-huh. than most cameras, but they've captured the speed of light with some of these... Yeah, they're they're almost they don't cameras. look like a camera at all because they don't even have a lens. Yeah, and I just like a yeah, satellite and they don't more than use, anything. I don't even know if they use like sense. It's not even frame rate at that point. No, it's, um, I don't know what the tech is, but you you almost like, move into like quantum levels of yeah. measuring things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing nothing's the same at quantum level. Yeah. Nope. So there's yeah, like what we've been talking about has been shooting and displaying at these frame yep. rates. Yes. Um, we frequently shoot 60 frames a second or sometimes higher yeah. Yeah. to get a slow-mo look because yep. then we're displaying it at 24 frames. Yep. So you're stretching that out. So there is different ways to capture and then display mm-hmm. these high frame rates. But yeah. Hollywood typically, you know, shot high frame rates for slow-mo but now they're doing it and displaying it in these high frame rates yeah and moving moving away from science even though i want to talk about that for a while um when avatar came out 2009 and everyone was seeing it in 3d because they were like this movie is bonkers gotta see it in 3d get lost in pandora there were so many complaints, and I'll never forget how many people complained about it. The motion sickness everyone was getting, because mm-hmm. that movie isn't 24 frames. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and that mixed with the 3D and all like the fight scenes and flying around on the banshees. Yep. I think that's why Peter Jackson decided that yeah. he wanted to shoot at a higher frame rate. Yeah. Because the headaches and the people that had to take off their glasses during the movie, I mean, the yep. numbers were crazy. Mm-hmm. So for Avatar 2, Cameron shot everything at 48 frames um, on the Sony Venice mainly for anyone interested. But mm-hmm. when it would swap to 24 frames, he never shot it true tr- 24. He just doubled the frames in post. Oh, oh okay. I see. Okay. That's an interesting way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Instead of constantly like swapping, I think they just always wanted the option. Sure. So yeah, he just doubled the frames. Interesting. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I'd argue Avatar 2 looks really good. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. I have. All right. I'll I'll do this myself. Yeah. uh, (laughs) I'll just kind of. Yeah. I. I know Nick. I know Nick has an issue with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the high frame rate. I thought it worked great for the CGI mm-hmm. and like the the camera movements and whatnot. My issue was in the movie. It's not that the entire overall frame rate of forty eight frames looks weird. Yeah, it's that different assets would move at different frame rates on the same screen on this exact in the like exact in the same, same shot. shot. Like. People in the foreground would be moving at like 48. Yep. But I would see an asset moving in the background moving at 60. That would bug me a lot. Do you think most people see that? Because no. we we have kind of trained trained our eyes. Yeah. No. We're we're even when we're shooting on something and we shoot uh 30 frames a second yeah. and switch to 24, like we notice that when we're looking in the monitor. Oh yeah. Um that's not something probably most people know, but that's fascinating. No, that. that was, and some of those assets were, I think, looked pretty unfinished too. Like sure. the lighting was not the same on them that they were. And I, I thought that was weird Which that those wild made it through. With how long it was in production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he wants to, the third one shot. Yeah. He wants to do the CGI. He's, a, he's got a nine-hour cut, James Cameron, yep. and he's handing it to the studio and saying, I want you, I want it, you to pay for all of the CGI. Yep, and then he's going to edit it and down. And then there. cut it down. Yep. I did see something about I did. that. I, I almost thought it was a Which joke. is insane. I thought I was reading like an Onion article. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane because, because of the sheer cost of it. I was about to, to say, like, to like literally put, movie budget To put in times. six hours of of not of work but in finished product just to cut it out yep millions of dollars yeah yeah hundreds of millions i was about to say that's hundreds (laughs) you might be approaching a movie Uh, that's that's the gdp of of countries (laughs) (laughs) what's the most expensive movie made right now is that is it avatar 2 is that i thought it was still endgame or was it still endgame oh that's true what was that was that was a few hundred million, wasn't it? That was like close to 400. Yeah. Do think you think it, we're going to see our first movie that hits a billion with Avatar 3? I know for the... when I, I remember when Infinity War and Endgame were going into production, they shot them like in sequence, like back to yeah. back. Yeah. And they were saying that it was... The two of them together were going to approach a billion. Yeah. Um, we'll see it. It's going to be a bit. 
But like I remember the first movie to hit a hundred million dollar budget was like in the mid nineties yep. with True Lies, James Cameron also. Oh. So I mean Weird. really James is a big in, spinner. In our lives we've gone from the first hundred million dollar movie to four hundred million dollars. Yep. Yeah. You know? Because the most, I know the most expensive trilogy for a long time, it still might be, was um, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Right? I believe that. I 100% believe that. So in 2030, when Avatar 3 comes out, it'll be the most expensive movie. <laughs> Probably will be. Yep. Yeah, it would. It'll need to be third biggest, highest grossing just to make its money back. Because, yeah, James Cameron said this one had to make, what was it, $1.5 billion? Yeah, to break at, even. at one point the numbers were $2 billion. Um, but I think it once it hit like 1.3 or so, he's like, "Yep, it's viable. Like, <laughs> we're moving on to the third one." Yeah, because it was it was a debate whether they'd continue. Is is what he was saying? It's like, if it if it doesn't make its money back, then I don't need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you already shot the third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cue the James Cameron song. Yeah. So, so any thoughts or takeaways from this topic, Donnie? I know you have to go soon. I do have to go soon. Um. I guess I'm kind of, I mean, I'm in the same camp as Kevin is this is a very gimmicky thing. Um, there are effective ways to use high frame rates. Mm-hmm. I feel like slow motion is honestly one of the best mm-hmm. and probably just, uh, in the, in film slow motion is probably the best way to like just use it. In general, there are other mediums that you can use, like animation or video games yes. yeah. and computer graphics that you might need to go up to 60 or even down to 12. The like in- VR yeah. changes that. Yeah. You VR know? changes that. That's the you whole want higher. That you, it's, it's kind of the 3D thing, yep. right? You want the highest frame rate possible. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I agree with the gimmick thing. And I think looking at pushing frame rate as far as it can go as a future of filmmaking is silly i think the future of filmmaking is we measure that in like light technology and the cameras we use and the kind of rigs that we can come up with and you know how certain themes that we tell in stories now evolve into themes later Mm -hmm. um and i think yeah i think referring to high frame rate as a future of filmmaking is silly because i don't i don't know that audiences want it no, I don't think I anyone do. cares except I, for I, people who are in the industry. I saw a TED talk a while ago that uh, she was she was talking about high frame rates, and she found that the audience actually did recognize like was more empathetic to images that they saw displayed at a higher frame rate. Oh, because it felt more realistic. Okay, which it does, but. We've been conditioned for the last hundred years to see a film shot and displayed most of the time in 24 frames a second. Yeah, it's just what we're used to. And it's just got that look. And if you are interested in like that nostalgia of this is what movies look like, this is how they make me feel, to remove a hundred years worth of content that supports that and just to do it as a gimmick, that's not going to work. I think there's other applications for high frame rate um but i think that as an audience member you you want what you want yep yeah very well put kevin thanks dude spent knowledge over here today <laughs> let me drop some knowledge on you fools <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah i think it's time we wrap it up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. donnie you can go about on your uh errands or ventures or wherever you gotta go and get some groceries oh 
you know. <laughs> no, okay. that's not actually what I'm doing. I have a, <laughs> I have a meeting. <laughs> um, I learned a lot from both of you. Liberty, I know you learned a lot. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, hopefully you guys took something away from this. I know it's a little, little bit more uh, tech heavy yep. than what we're normally used to, but hopefully we put in a lot of visual aid and some interesting graphics and whatnot to Dane to keep you moving. Yeah, on. yeah, Dane, Dane. Now that you're Dane. an editor, now that you're my editor. Yeah, now that Kevin's in charge of you. <laughs> Kevin's your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all again for joining us on the porch, and uh, see you in about a month, something like that. Now, uh, get off the porch, please. Take some candy with you. All right, got candy. Wait. Oh, you told me to. Oh, you were talking to them. Sorry. No, sorry, you should. You, you, yeah, you, you, you mess it up. You should get out now. <laughs> Bye, Donnie. Yeah. Want to go watch Skinner Rink again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go watch Skinner Rink. Liberty's coming.